If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hello and welcome to another episode of the GC Sunscast. It's a special bonus edition tonight where we talk about team selections. My name is Shane, your host. Joining me is Tom. Welcome to a Thursday night off the show, Tom. Yeah, thanks. It's an interesting night. It's a, so we're usually in front of the computer at this time every Thursday, tapping away and trying to update our Facebook page and Twitter. But uh, tonight we're talking about it, so uh, I'm sure everyone's kind of interested in what's going to happen. Lots of changes, yeah, and not many. <laughs> yeah, teams have just come out, so let's jump straight into the teams. The Gold Coast Suns have named on the ball Jared Witts, David Swallow, and Darcy McPherson. No surprises there, are, are there, Tom? No, no, definitely not. But then again, things can change between now and then with 26 players named, so... yes. Um, we have, let's go with the forward line. We've got Lemons, King and Ainsworth, deep forward and Sexton, Sam Day and Tuke Miller on the half forward line. Um, King and Day, I mean, still no right on the field yet. He is named in the interchange, but we'll get to that later. Uh, what can we take from that? Ainsworth probably in the forward pockets, the, the intriguing one there, but he is naturally a forward. Um, just with the ability to pinch it in the midfield. So nothing nothing out of the ordinary there really, is there? No, I think people would prefer to see Ainsworth there and, and get a bit more game fitness. Um, running around on the wing, he, he sort of got a bit found out on, uh, the, on, in the Q clash, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so the midfield, we've got Hanley and Fiorini on the wings and Bowes in the guts. Now, Bowes is lining up against Amira, it looks like it, and that will probably be a clash that we're keen to keep an eye on on Sunday. Well, remember when uh, when we traded Amira, we got pick 10, and we, we picked Jack Bowes with the pick that we got from Amira. So uh, it's taken a little while to develop Bowes into the kind of player that Amira has become, but uh, I think we might have got the better of the bargain there. I agree. Um, okay, just bring up my window again. We've got Charlie Ballard, Chris Burgess, and Lockie Weller on the halfback line. Jack Lukosius, Caleb Graham, and Jared Harbrow at full back. Um, we didn't get a chance to talk about this on Tuesday, sorry, two nights ago. What were your thoughts on Caleb Graham as the debutant? I thought he did all right. It was under tough conditions, but he took a few good marks, uh, had a couple of spoils. I thought it was a great debut. Mm. Um, you don't expect the the lockdown tall defender to to get that many touches. You know, we, we're happy when when Rory Thompson has you know ten one percenters and five touches. Um, I thought I thought Caleb Graham actually added a bit of a dimension to our defence in, in in being able to not just spoil but take those intercept marks. And 
you know, I thought he had composure in in the circumstances. Uh, you know, a little bit nervous, but he he overcame that. You know, it took a couple of deep breaths and and and, and played the ball on. Um, been watching him a lot in the kneeful, so I wasn't surprised, but um, I was quietly impressed. Well, he's got a big game this week against veteran Hawk retiring for his last game, season of 2019, Jared Ruffhead. So it's it's a big challenge there for Caleb Graham. Do you think he can rise to the challenge? I do, because this is, this is Ruffy at the very end of his powers and... Under his own admission, he's you know he's not playing anywhere near his, his peak. Um, you know, Ruffhead's story in itself is is amazing, but the product that is being rolled out, uh, it, you know, he he may have some cameos. There may be times when Ian Graham gets outplayed, but I mean, you have to be an extremely good tall defender to keep someone like Ruffhead to, to zero. Um, so it'll be it'll be a good clash, that's for sure. I'm looking forward to actually. You know, being able to to talk about it as it's in play and and see how he's going because you know he might have a, a dog of a day or else he might keep keep Ruffy quiet. You know, anything in between, it could could happen. I dare say that um, it, it'll be a, a very educational experience for for our Caleb. Um, earlier in the year, many people would have seen uh, when Ruffy was first sent back to the VFL um, and, and a former Brisbane player whose name eludes me just for the moment but um you know ruffy was sort of pointing and sort of explaining to this 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 vfl player who i think he'd been in the brisbane system for a little while then went back to victoria and just explaining where you know where the play had broken down and what he should have been doing and you know some people gave him a bit of flack for it for you know coaching the opposition but that's just who he is you know so i wouldn't be surprised we see a few of those teaching moments and uh, young Caleb will be a better player for it. No, yeah, well, hopefully Caleb's lucky enough to have a, a one-on-one session with Jared Ruffhead on game day. That would be quite handy for his development. Now, yeah, looking... I don't imagine that they'll be, you know, pushing and shoving and playing silly buggers. No. I think it'll be a bit more of a have a bit of a laugh and, and a bit of a run around. And uh, I fully expect the Hawks to to try and set up a few gimme goals for Ruffy. Um, so we'll, we'll see how Caleb goes with that extra attention and of course we've got the four tall defenders so the Ruffy will be double teamed as needed um, but you know we, we just never know what might happen maybe uh, Ballard or Lacocious might slip up the wing so who knows yeah that that brings me to my next point looking at the half back line and the full back line it's quite concerning that we do go with that uh, four tall defenders because we've got a history, as I mentioned the other night, about small defenders getting off the chain against the Suns and not having anyone that could really clamp down on them. I think part of that is also attributed to we are quite tall in defence. Not too many teams run with uh, three or even four tall mid-sized forwards. Um, do you think Charlie Ballard and Jack Lukosius will be able to contain? At the moment, they're lined up against Puopolo and Bruce, respectively. Do you think yeah. they'll be able to contain them, or do you think it's going to be a lot of mismatch and that the defence is going to have to, to gel and work together to, to pinch hit? It's more of a zone, isn't it? Yeah. So the, the, um, the, the, the one big knock on this group, uh, given that there's you know, two... Well, one veteran and one reasonably experienced player and, and the rest of them are all sort of 
um, you know, below 20 games. So, uh, and, and in Caleb's case, it's his second game. So, yeah, they're, they're, they're still trying to sort of come together as a unit. They haven't, as a group, played together all that much. So, you know, there, there's, there's certainly goals in this forward line for the Hawks. Having said that, though, they're not in very good form at all. I mean, Tim O'Brien might be the outlier there. Um, I, I just... I, I think maybe a few of these Hawks forwards, in addition to Ruffy, are a bit over the hill. So it might mean that they they're going to, you know, pinch a few, you know, cheeky goals uh, using that canny sort of experience. But yeah, it'll be interesting. I don't think we'll see a lot of the four defenders at a time. Uh, just to throw a bit of a wild one out there. Um, Chris Burgess, he he um, late in the game against the Lions, he chopped out in the ruck and. He's just the, he's got long arms and just the way he plays he 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 was punching above his weight and winning hitouts and decisively too so the way he wrestles and the way he's obviously worked on his ruck craft I know his former coach in West Adelaide was Mark Micken who was the inaugural captain of the Brisbane Bears uh, who was a an undersized ruckman by by today's standards. Um, so he certainly would have had a bit of ruck, ruck craft in his 18, 19, 20-year-old sort of seasons where he won a premiership So uh, in the Sandful. So, yeah, he might he might go forward in, and chop out in the ruck a bit. Yeah, I can quite see that happening. Uh, I think without Wright, in, well, at this stage, it doesn't look yeah. like Wright will be in the side. If he's not in, then, yeah, I think... Burgess chopping out in the ruck is probably a more likely scenario than Sam Day because uh, I think we need to keep that too tall forward line um, in action at all times. Uh, all right, let's jump on to the interchange. So we've got a list of eight players here, and as of 5 p.m. tomorrow, I think it is, it's going to be whittled down to four. So let's have our best guess at who makes the cut. So we've got Jacob Dawson, Jacob Heron, George Holland-Smith, Jordan Murdoch, Michael Riscatelli, Brad Shear, Peter Wright, and Aaron Young. So there's quite a selection there. As you mentioned to me briefly off air, there's a there's a good mix of the young and the old on that list. Now, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting as to which ones make the cut. I'd have to say. I think Dawson and Heron would probably be a bit stiff to be cut at this stage of the year, considering where the Suns are at and yeah, what's the gap be gained from the last two games. I'd probably say they'll, they're given the benefit of the doubt and given an extended run. What do you think on that? Yeah, and I think they're playing for their future, those two. So I very much believe they'll be retained in, in, in the... In, in the Suns because they are rookies and they've got that extra year. Um, and people tend to lump them in together. They are very different players, but they, they they share a lot of the same skills and they've played a lot together. I don't think that can really be discounted either. Dawson is is the defender slash midfielder who can add a bit of value there. And, and Heron can sort of play all over the place, but he's definitely not an inside midfielder, although he, he, he does sort of pop up in the kneeful in that role if we're super short, which we, we let's face it, we are quite frequently. I don't know if I agree with you, though, because Hawks, the Hawks are an older, slower team. So they do have some pace in certain areas, but 
I think you could get away with George Hall and Smith running through the centre, and certainly J- Jordan Murdoch is is no slouch as far as as far as pace is concerned. So if you took out the two Jacobs and put two players like that in, you, you're sort of you're not losing speed, and you're sort of adding a bit more as far as a, a midfielder is concerned. And I really like George Hall and Smith in the forward line. He seems to know where to be and he can take a decent mark. So uh, he's not a bad shot at goal either. So, yeah, I, if, if, if we're just purely asking about Dawson and Heron on merit, yeah, give them, like, there's, there's nothing to lose. Give them a go. If it was the choice between them and maybe another couple of players to blood, I'd probably say, you know, bring in the new guys. But they haven't. They've brought in, have named five players on the extended bench who are, who are, you know, at least have more experience than the two Jacobs. Okay, that's an interesting take. I do think George Holland-Smith and Murdoch are vying for one of those last two positions if we're going to, say, Dawson and Heron take two of them. Uh, yep. I think it's more of a question whether the Suns decides that they've already got someone in the side that can replace Miles. I mean, you could say Tuke Miller could jump into that role. Uh, maybe Dawson could move from being a small defender to being a midfield bull. Um, and that would sort of eliminate the need to have Holland Smith in the side, allowing us to, to run with a bit more pace by bringing in Jordan Murdoch. So I would probably lean towards that scenario. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going to completely my, my disagree with you on that one, Shane. Yep. I'm going to completely disagree. And I'll say I'll say this. Look at the scoreworm from the weekend and when it starts going south really quickly is when Anthony Miles goes off injured. So it's the same group of guys and without Miles, they, they, they conceded 14 goals straight and it was all over. So I, I believe... If Dawson was that player, he would have. They would have chucked him in there and put someone else on on um, Charlie Cameron. So, um, you know, Dawson. I, I don't believe Dawson. There's. A, I don't think there's a knock on him because he he let his opponent out. I mean, the, the guy's a superstar, Charlie Cameron. So Dawson got a, a bit of a lesson on it, but he he never stopped all night. He didn't let it get him down. He he played well, and he, he should keep his spot on based on his previous game. But based on the needs of what we have here. Can we can we trust Richardelli to play through the guts, or is is, is that beyond him? Um, there's there's a player on the on, on the extended bench who seems to me to be the inside bull that you would go with, and based on the weekend's game, he was equal best player with Jack Martin, and that's Brad Shear. Mm. Yeah, def- she is definitely a possibility. Um, I guess it depends whether the Suns want some. Um... Well, I guess it depends how they, they see the youth in that side. Uh, we're already a fairly young side. Do we need someone like George Hall and Smith in the guts to replace what Miles was doing? Or, like you said, we, we go with the, the younger player, Brad Shear, and see what he's capable of when the responsibility is on his shoulders. Yeah, yeah, it's you're quite right. The other question, too, is um, do we go with a tag? Do we go with a hard tag, and who? And you 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 definitely suggest that Took is a hard tagger, and who would he go to? I wouldn't suggest that Sean Burgoyne is that player, although that's who he's matched up on. 
Um, who do you think? Shields, Warpool, maybe Jager? I was always under the impression Tom Scully is the one that you need to tag. Um, and Fiorini's I... named on him, and Fiorini's done a decent job at sort of a a quarter by quarter tag this year. When he when he goes for a, a, I feel when he's on a player on a hard tag, the whole game his own game suffers. So yeah, you you, you could be could be could be right about Scully being the guy, but is Fiorini there for that reason, or is Tuca better uh, option? They are named next to each other, so yeah, and could... and part of that will just fall to the sides picking their teams and trying to shuffle everyone into two certain positions, not necessarily who they're matching up on. Uh, That's right. That sort yeah. of stuff will happen on game day. That's when we'll see all that happening. All right, so the last couple of players on the interchange list to choose from is Peter Wright and Aaron Young. So Aaron Young would be celebrating his 100th AFL game if he was selected. So that's a bit of a milestone. Uh, mm. As for Peter Wright, well, I'm, I'm just not sure he makes the cut. He wasn't a standout player in the NEFL game last oh, week. come on. He, 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 he got 19 touches. As a as a as a fifty percent ruckman, but how many um, goals did he score, Tom? He wasn't he did, he wasn't lined up in the forward line very much at all. Um, he was he was he was a uh, he was running up and down the ground. So was the he wings. a defensive ruckman? Uh, or was so he just defensive. a follower? He played more than half. He, Tom Tom Nichols spent more time in the forward line than than, than right. Um, it was real surprising because you kind of you kind of figured that you know in a in a reserves game Wright is such an imposing figure in the forward line, but the Suns were, were going for goal through the smalls and and not not I mean you know the the goals dried up in the second half, which is when you might have wanted Wright to sort of be standing up. He didn't have a terrible game by any stretch. I I I think I've thought this since last year. I've thought for a long time. The, the Suns coaches don't see him in the Ben King role, and now Ben King's taken that role. They don't see Wright as that full forward. They see him as a ruck forward. And if our game plan is going to be to have Wits lead for, you know, 80% of the game, you know, in the ruck, and have Wright be able to shoulder that 20% game time in the ruck, which is, you know, quite tiring, as well as his long running kind of up the wings that kind of thing if he can if he can master that game I think that's what they want for him so playing him in the kneeful gets pissed off when he has to play kneeful and he knocks guys around and he has his 20 odd hit outs and shows that he can do it and then he comes back into the team so I don't know if he gets named back in the team this week certainly they could um you know, run him in the kneeful. One, earlier in the year, they ran right in the kneeful as, as a ruckman and gave Tom Nichols the week off. So it does show you that they're trying to give him ruck exposure and ruck craft. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to say that he had a particular role against the Lions and it looks to me like he's executed that role and it wasn't to kick goals. All right. Okay, well, why don't we both have a guess at who we think the final four players on the interchange will be and then we'll move on to talk some NEFL news so you go first Tom alright so I'm I'm, I'm going to clean out the bench um, I don't I don't particularly have anything against the players you clean out it's just you've got to name someone 
And uh, I think Risha, Heron and Dawson, um, they what they brought in the last couple of weeks can be adequately replaced by Jordan Murdoch, Brad Shear and Aaron Young. So that leaves the final place. And as I said, we need a gun, uh, a bull in the midfield. And I don't know if Shear can necessarily pull that off on his own. Um, he did, he had, has shown that he can play on a big midfielder like Dusty Martin and keep him quiet. Um, so rather than bring in bring in Wright or Young, I'm thinking Holland Smith. But you know, I'll probably change my mind tomorrow. <laughs> what do you reckon? All right, I think looking at our on field eighteen, uh, our midfield is the clear. Uh, struggling point so we probably need at least two midfielders sitting on the bench so look considering Dawson and Heron aren't known as midfielders I think I'm going to select my first two spots with Murdoch because I don't think Hanley could run up and down the wings all day I think he either needs to be off half back or in the guts and I think I would throw in George Holland Smith for the second slot because I think his durability, his uh, flexibility to play multiple roles puts him in good stead. Now, the final two spots, yeah, i I got to say stick with Heron and Dawson. Yeah. yeah you've, I, named, you, you've just named them as they've been named in the top four on the bench there, so you might very well be right. That's, that's the safest bet. This yeah, year. I, I there's been plenty of reasons for the the club, the coaching department, to drop Dawson or Heron over the last few weeks, and they haven't. They're clearly putting the trust into these two blokes. Uh, whether that's because they're entering into their final contracts, or they need to make a decision on whether they're going to persist with them again for another year, I'm not hundred percent sure. But it seems like there's something going on there where they're. They're giving these blokes a chance to, to play for their careers. So yeah. I'm going to back in that nothing's going to change and they're going to maintain that. And yeah. Holland Smith and Murdoch will come in for Miles and um, Riscatelli. Yeah, look, the contract situation's funny, isn't it? Because, you know, Risha's... If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything. So you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com. Kind of showing that he's fought all year, he's trained all year, he's played really good footy in the NEFL. He's come in and had some good games and some average games in the AFL. And now, we, now, we're, now we're suddenly wondering if, you know, is he playing these last two games as, as his farewell? Or is he contemplating going around for another year and again being that guy who runs around in the kneeful and keeps his form and fitness up and can be called upon if if, if necessary? So nothing's yeah, nothing's for sure. Brad Shear, he's you know he he could be he could be delisted in a in, in a couple of months. So you know, give him a go. Show let let him show for a game or two what he can do in the in the senior side. You know, he, he he had he's had some up and down games in the AFL this year, and when we've needed someone to step up, so 
it's kind of unfair to judge him just on that small body of work. So give him an opportunity to show across a few games because he, remember he's on the rookie list. So if he's worth keeping because in development we can get more out of him, we can get games out of him and, and, he, and he won't look out of place, well, then we've got to keep him on the rookie list. But you, you'll never know if you don't give him another go. No, you've got a valid argument there. All right, well, let's jump over to the Neeful news. And we've had great news coming from the club this afternoon. The prodigy, Isaac Rankin, is going to be playing Neeful this weekend. So how long has this been in the making, Tom? It feels like we haven't seen him since the since round one or round two. Oh, well, we, he had that one game in the Neeful, if you remember. Um, so I'm going to say that was three months ago. <laughs> I don't think so. Maybe it was only six weeks ago. Um, yeah, no, we, we just... He'd just been injured and it has recurrences of injuries and this and that. I honestly don't think that if if he was any other player that he would be would have been out for any anywhere near the length of time he's been out. Um, that's so that's a bit of a you know a reflection on how well they wanted to look after this guy. He's going to be a fifteen year player for us if we can you know keep him fit. He never had injuries before he came to us, which is just you know part of the curse, isn't it? It's that Gold Coast injury curse, and you know I would have thought it'd be over by now. The uh, lighthouse is supposedly the light towers have supposedly been paid off by 2019. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, look the um, the the injury curse. You know, uh, you would have thought if there was a maybe a field they were running on or a certain exercise they were doing or a certain you know something was happening or maybe a part of the the practice field or whatever where these injuries are occurring in training in particular but um no i think he's in good hands and i I just if if someone twinges a hammy you don't send them out two weeks later and risk that they'll do a a worse tear so there was that then um the hip thing just sort of came out of came out of uh playing at, at a higher level i think because he, he was he was perfectly fit and ready to go in the knee fall and then he's had a six week hip injury to come out of that game but he played the game out so yeah I don't I really don't know um, I don't think that he's just this injury prone guy who's suddenly just getting one injury after the other I think they're just being super duper cautious with somebody who is going to be a superstar hmm yeah he, I really can't wait to to watch him play and I'm definitely going to be tuning into that kneeful game happening at 12 p.m. on Saturday, I believe, down in Sydney. So you can catch it on the YouTube channel. Um, and just tune in and watch uh, Isaac Rankin just tear it up, hopefully. Although he's probably going to be on limited minutes, won't he? Probably at half a quarter or half a game. Oh, limited minutes tends to mean, you know, how you're going at half time, and maybe you can sit down at three-quarter time. And if the game's well and truly won, then... You know, no point in, in putting up big minutes, but no, he on his limited time he he did play three quarters of that game. Um, look, the game against Sydney itself is an interesting one. Kieran Jack uh, is named back from injury and named in the side, so he he'll be looking to have a, a bit of a testimonial of his own in the in the senior team next week. Um, we've beaten this Swans team before. Um, and we've we've got a reasonable number of, of, of A-grade players. Um, we're also going to be seeing uh, Jack Johnston come back. He's an exciting 
bottom major. Um, good old Jesse Joyce has been named in the midfield in, as the centre. So that'll be interesting to see how Jesse goes playing on the ball. It could be a, a bit of a career move for him. I reckon he could go all right. What do you reckon? Yeah, Jesse Joyce was challenged earlier this year to be to take the game on and be a bit better with his, his ball use. Uh, he's really sort of honing that craft in the kneeful. So I think this is the next step in learning to deal with that pressure. And then when he comes back into the AFL side, most likely is our our small shutdown defender. He'll be able to handle the pressure of having someone breathing on him a bit better um, and make make some better choices. But yeah, this is this is great development for for Jesse Joyce. Is yeah, his, sure. Is his brother sure is. Um, yes Corey playing? Yeah. Yep, he's been named in the, the run on side last week. He was an emergency who was activated at the last minute. So. I don't know how well that, um, you know, kind of. I don't know how often, how how uh, how far in advance. I'm trying to say uh, he was told he was going to be playing. Uh, he didn't have the greatest game, but against the Brisbane Lions reserve team, you know, he was never going to be a, a superstar. Jesse Joyce was one of the best players on the field out of the back line. The two Joyce brothers were both playing back, so you know we'll send him again. Uh, and good for them, you know, good for them. Uh, Corey probably hasn't had as stellar a season. He didn't play rep footy, but he's a really talented guy. My brother and I went down to see the, the academy team play earlier in the year, and they just smashed Brisbane. It was really fun to see. And both of us were like, who's, who's that guy in that number? And, and it kept on coming up, you know, Corey Joyce, Corey Joyce. He was all over the place and, uh, and, and really playing well. Um, he's eligible for another year. Who knows what he could do in the Neeful team next year? He might even crack it for a, a bit of rep footy, and maybe we'll have two choices. Uh, who knows? Uh, a couple of other names to. to well, I'll to read just out. I'll just read out the the team sheets. I've I've just brought them up in front of me. So this is all the right, team sheets right. for the Neeful side, uh, starting with the back line: Corey Ellis, uh, Jack Leslie, and is it Luke McDonald? Dom. Lockie McDonald. Lockie McDonald. Sorry, I'm not not 100% familiar with some of these Neeful players. No, you're right. Would you like me to take over? Uh, yeah, sure. Go ahead. Uh, so we've got Sam Fletcher. Of course, he's our, our 47th player in number 47. Uh, my man Dirk Conan playing the centre-half back, um, hoping to get himself drafted. Uh, Ryan Gilmore uh, is an interesting one. He's He's been with the, the, the his, probably his third or fourth season of, of Neeful. Um under-19s, unlikely to be drafted, but I'm really impressed with him. He, he played rep footy last year, so uh, and there'll be there'll be teams he'll be he'll be chasing him in the second tier. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Jack Johnson. They've named him on the wing, but he, he will not play there. He's 195 centimeters and 100 kilos. Uh, he'll play back. Um, maybe he'll play forward. We don't know. Uh, Jesse Joyce named in the midfield in in the centre. Uh, Connor Nutting. Always gets named on the wing and always plays uh, one out from the goal square. Uh, Corey Joyce named in the, in the forward line. Bit interesting. Uh, Josh Gore named centre half forward. As I mentioned, uh, the the positions are a bit funny here because we don't know which of the interchange players is going to be playing AFL and which ones will be playing NEFL. So I dare say Peter Wright will be playing centre half forward. Uh, Josh Schoenfeld on the half forward flank. Ace Paul Ohio 
as usual, playing the forward line. Josh Corbett and Isaac Rankin, uh, the, the, the ruck division. Tommy Nichols, uh, Swallow, a Swallow in in 24. Um, it's a bit of a joke around the traps that Andrew Swallow wears his brother's number, probably his brother's jersey too. Um, and our uh, favourite rookie, uh, well, favourite uh, uh, draft, draft prospect. prospect, thank you, is Conor Bedarek. And on the interchange, it'll be the four players who don't play AFL. Uh, sorry, I shouldn't say that. It'll be three of the guys who don't play AFL. So at the moment, they've named that extended bench. Uh, so whichever four of those, they'll, they'll be in a run-on team. And the emergencies are, um, are uh, Alex Davies, who's, who's that underager, who's, who's uh, they're saying is going to be the next Scott Pendlebury, and uh, Mitchell Selsby. And Elijah Saman, and those guys looks like all of them potentially. Oh no, just one of them. <laughs> well, you'd think <laughs> it'd be Alex come. Davies, wouldn't you? Uh, being so uh, highly tied, uh, highly I, I touted, have, they'll they'll I try have, and get I some game time picked, into him. I've only correctly picked that one time this year. Have you? Which emergency oh, will okay. go? Yep, I have no idea. All right. Well, that rounds out the Nefel talk as well. Uh, we've only got one thing to to really discuss well actually a couple of things first of all we didn't talk about Jack Martin when we were talking about the AFL side so Jack Martin Stuart Jew said in his press match post-match press conference on the weekend Jack Martin is likely to come in after such a great game he hasn't come into the side now is that an injury issue Tom or do we think there's something deeper there with the contracts I I know you do, so I'm going to come out and say um, I did see Jack get knocked around a fair bit in that in that final part of the game, and um, when I when I read uh, Michael Whiting uh, from Gold Coast Bulletin Career Mail say that he saw Jack running around the the, the uh, jogging around and, and it didn't look like he was going to he was going to come come good. Um, so when you're jogging around at training at Thursday, you're not going to get named. Uh, but he isn't playing in either team. So I don't think it's Jack, you know, picking up his bat and ball and saying, I want to go home. I, I, I kind of believe this one, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Yeah, they have. And I guess from my point of view, a player that's, whose contract ends on the 31st of October, so that's about six weeks away, isn't it? Uh, September. Oh, no, oh, no, it's a bit longer than that, 10 weeks. Um a player whose contract ends 31st of October still hasn't re-signed. Not looking good. They There was an article I read today that they had declared that uh, contract talks have been put on hold till the end of the end of the season. Well, that's well, three weeks. So It is, it is. But supposedly these contract talks were in discussion after the buy and now they've just been kept delayed and delayed and delayed. It it doesn't look good. So it doesn't. But look, the 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 what's come out of the you know the, the the murmurs that have come out of all of these guys who've had contracts in front of them, and it's their second or third contract. And none of them had liked the number that's in front of them because, of course, it's less than it was. And we can say this about this because we 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 know for a fact Sam Day said he 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 uh, he knocked back the first offer. But I don't think they went back to Sam Day with a greatly inflated offer. I think with Jack Martin... The, you think he's just the, the, holding the, the, out for a better deal? 
they probably had a, a trying few to make playing a, a game of chicken. Okay, well, yeah, I can see that. Um, yeah. I, I hold my cynicism still, and you know, I I don't think a player's not going to. History shows if a player comes out and says he's leaving to go to another club in the AFL, that's it. You're done. Clean out your locker. We don't want you here. That's what happened to uh, Crows players when the Suns and the Giants came into the competition. That was different scenarios because those players are already out for the season injured. So I can't see it actually happening unless a team, you know, in real life at the moment, it it's just something that the player's not actually going to publicly come out and say. North but, Melbourne did it, remember, a few years ago, and it was really bizarre because they did it at around this time of the year and they were in the finals. Like they were guaranteed that they'd had a really great start to the season and they were playing finals and they lost every game. They lost their games going into the into the finals and then they lost, they went out in straight sets in the finals and then they came back the next year and lost their first few games in it and they had a really rubbish year. And it was when they they named those four players who they weren't going to re-sign and I think that's sort of a, a big warning to other clubs to just say, look, if you're going to come out a few weeks before the end of the year and say that, you know, Richard not getting an, a new contract and this guy and this guy and that guy are not needed, how it, the team morale just goes through the floor. You're better off letting them all have their Mad Monday and, and go to Bali or Cancun or whatever they're going to do. And then, you know, let their player managers know that they're being delisted or they're being put in a trade table or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like uh, it's not – it's common. Like, Jack Martin's next contract may be signed when he's on holidays. Well, Mr. Bods asks, I don't think anyone has re-signed whenever they've put contracts off, talks off till the end of the season. Um not entirely true. I specifically remember Dustin Martin. I think it was two years ago. Uh, re-signed at the end of the season. Uh, technically, the finals weren't played yet, but it was after round 23 that he re-signed. A similar situation I remember with Travis Cloak. I think back in 2011 or 12, there was a lot of talk yeah. of Travis Cloak coming up to the Suns. Um, I think there's another one. Can you think of one? Tom? Well, well, I'm I, I, I'm reading this and I'm reading it as Mr. Bod saying, no Suns players have you know. So we've got your classics. Uh, Tom Lynch kept putting off the the talks. Um, having said that, aloud, um, Stephen May put off talks uh, the first time around, and then uh, once. Allegedly, once the the club told him that they were going, they weren't going to extend Rodney Ede. He signed sort of midway through that season, and then they uh, and then and they uh, let him keep the captaincy. So um, that's that's one person who has put contract talks off. But it wasn't until the end of the season he'd said he wanted to put them off till the end of the season. They came back and they said, "Look, we're going to make changes. We're getting rid of this bloke and that bloke, and things are going to change." And Maisie signed off for two more years and only played one of them. Yeah. Yeah, um, there, there have been players, big-name players, that have put off their contracts and re-signed at the end of the season. I specifically remember hearing it the other day. Uh, all the Melbourne media nuffies were talking about the Cornelio stuff, and yep. they were, <laughs> that was what led to that topic of conversation. Um 
All right, well, that's probably enough on Jack Martin. We've both got our views and opinions. In the end, yeah. it's basically up to you, the listeners, to pick which one you think you'd like or which one you'd prefer because no one knows except Jack. Um, well, look, we, we've got some really good news, haven't we, in the last 24 hours? We do. Last night, we found out that four Gold Coast Suns players extended their contracts until the end of 2022. Now, these are some four players that have... These four players have been pretty crucial to the Suns, and they are new draftees, Jess McLennan and Caleb Graham. So there's our future right there. And then on top of that, we've got Darcy McPherson, who's really stood up again this year. The last two years, last year we were saying he was MVP for the Suns by by being that small defensive forward that we desperately needed. And now he's stepped up again and become a hard-running midfielder. So great to see those guys extend. And the biggest one of all, arguably, is uh, Will Brody. Now, a lot of chat earlier in the year about him packing up and leaving because he wasn't getting games. Well, he's obviously happy at the club. He's signed on for another two years. And before he got injured, he put put together about six good weeks of football there, didn't he? He did, he did, and he, he was he was putting together some good footy in the Neefel too, and and, uh, and and getting flogged every week. So uh, once that sort of turned around, he was able to have some match winning efforts in the Neefel. Um, you know, he looked he looked really good and, and came in. I do have, I do feel sorry for for um, Brody and, and and Caleb Gray that they, they haven't had any 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 senior team success this year. I mean, it's too late for for Will, but he's he's had it in the past. But um, wouldn't it just be great to see if if uh, you know, Caleb Graham, uh, if the Suns could get up for a young player like him? And I'd really love to see uh, Connor Nutting get a get a chance in the in the final game of the year. Um, you know, if you're going to be blooding players, getting a chance to see them guys like that. But um, yep, yeah, no, fantastic. Those four guys needed to be resigned. Uh, as you said, two of them uh, extending their rookie contracts. So, sorry, their initial draft contracts. Uh, Darcy McPherson, who got himself off the rookie list, so you know, that's a really great achievement for him. Another milestone. I want to see him play up forward a bit more. I think he's great as that pressure forward, not as convinced that the midfield's his home. And Jez McLennan, he was just like Connor Dunning last year. Jez McLennan was tracking for a senior selection, and then he got injured last week in training. So, uh, bummer for him, but he'll be all the better for a second preseason. And uh, as you say, he's the future. He's that defender that we've drafted this highly, and we really need him to turn into that 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 really aggressive defender who can lock down the small forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've got a question from Jerry Stiller. What's happening with Archie? Any info on him? Unfortunately, at the moment, we don't have any news on Cal Archie, but if anyone that knows Cal Archie, any family members or anyone at the Suns wants to reach out to us and even just give us like a, a percentage number of how likely he is to re-sign, that <laughs> you would be something that we can go off. Yeah, his girlfriend, Laura, is a, a great person and I wasn't game enough to, to have too big of a conversation with her. She was surrounded by all her gal pals. Oh, um, yeah. I, I think... Uh... Potentially, this this uh, putting off signing, re-signing until the end of the year, we could be looking at Archie, Martin, King, and Luco, who 
who uh, who Mr. Bonds has just written up, uh, I was just going to mention them. They've all put off this re-signing, and so we instead of this this you know no Gold Coast Suns players who ever put the their re-signing off until the end of the year have ever actually signed. Well, we could have four of them. Yeah, or we, and, could, or we could have two or three. So yeah, and we've got fourteen players that have re-signed to the Suns this year. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. We're going to have plenty more re-sign over the next few years. So it's really good culture building that the club is doing. All right, Tom. Well, that just about does us for this episode. Um, it's right. been a great Thursday we go, night. So we um, go fifteen minutes, weren't we? <laughs> <laughs> no, we we're talking about maybe half hour, but the conversation yeah. has kept flowing. Um, And just before we wrap up, again, remind everyone, we're doing a commentary on Sunday, 4.30pm. So tune in and watch the uh, Hawks game, listen to us in your earbuds or uh, put us on the the laptop or something. And tune in, listen to our comments, interact with us, have a chat while you're watching the game. It should be fantastic. Um, That just about does it. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. And go Suns. Yep, go sounds. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like Insta Confidence Boosters. The jeans come in a temp control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.